benvenuti al podcast di Antonino Saggio. So, hello everybody and thanks for coming today. First of all, I would like to thank the people that came from outside Albania because this is the first event of the international conference and we are really glad that you came us to share your insights and ideas. The main topic that we had this year, uncertainty and non-normativity, we thought that it was a very important topic to be discussed in Albania and Tirana specifically, and we're really glad to have many different papers and many different influence from outside. We have papers from Italy, from the Netherlands, we have people from US, from Greece that came, so we thought that it was a nice moment to share and also to give you, to give you, to ask your feeling about what is happening in the world and how we can contribute to an ever-changing situation. I would like also to thank the directrice of the Italian Institute of Culture because she is a presence for Polis, she is a presence for Tirana, and we're really glad that all the events that we planned uh, with her, they, they are happening and they are good friends, and so thanks from the art for helping us in doing this. So, now my job is to introduce Professor Antonino Saggio and this is the most difficult introduction that I can do today because we have several years of working together and we have several years of personal relationships so I hope that I will be good but it's quite difficult but I will do my best. Just to give you some basic information, Professor Saggio is an architect and PhD. He has been for several years the coordinator of the PhD class in Italy from Rome where I come from, and his uh, teaching activities has been done in many different places. He was in Carnegie Mellon in the US, he was in Zurich, Mozambique, so he has a whole completely different experience that you can see in his teaching method and his uh, research. He has been director of many series of, of magazines and books like, like the IT revolution in architecture and, and many different ones following the work of, of Bruno Zevi in Italy. And uh, he's also a good friend from Polis, he's one of the so-known friends from Polis because all the help that uh, he has been doing culturally and with the physical presence here. And we also have the book, the Albanian translation of the book Architecture and Modernity that was done by Polis in the previous years, done by a wonderful team like Sotir, Ledian, Ermal, and all the people that, that contributed. So it's a moment here also for having a discussion with him, and if you have the book, to have the book signed. And uh, <laughs> just one small uh, thing about how to introduce him, because, you know, I was thinking about the ideas of Antonino Saggio, because I always try to do this kind of introduction these days, but then I realized that his ideas are somehow also my ideas because I spent many several years with him and so I'm really influenced by his ideas that I'm keeping, you know, evolving continuously. But so I decided to turn this presentation, not the ideas of Antonino Saggio, but what I learned from Antonino Saggio because I think it was a more interesting way to introduce him. So, first of all, I learned, and I hope you agree, Professor, how much is important for an architect to work in the crisis? How fundamental is, uh, in this case, 
to work in the situation that we can define as a moment of rapture from the past and to generate the strength and tension to the so-called modernity, as in the work from Bruno Zevi. This is, of course, an all-inner process made of interconnected moments which are at the same time deductive and discontinuous. And this relates to the other idea that I would like to share, the topic of discontinuity. We can see history, discontinuity uh, uh, that we can see in history and in architecture specifically. Moments where, in the flow of time, architecture makes a drastic change, which is, at the same time, not just aesthetical, but also in the messages that architecture sends, which is currently what we are living for the so-called IT revolution in architecture, that brought to us crisis and discontinuity as well, searching for a new catalyst to synthesize all these new enzymes that we are living. And more and last, the importance of the instruments in architecture. Instruments as a mental tool and a creation that we always look from inside and from outside. They give us new categories to live the world and to act not just as an artist, but, but as people that can change the world. And finally, as a young professor, like I'm here at Polis, the concrete possibility of teaching architectural design through making its method evident and transmissible, and to, and to teach my students how to interpret the world in a constant change. So, professore, grazie per essere qui, e chiudo con una frase, grazie perché in tutti questi anni lei mi ha sempre riconosciuto e mai scambiato per nessun altro. Grazie. Thank you, Professor Valerio Perna. Thanks a lot. I'm super happy to be here. Generally, I can be a little volcanic, and uh, that means that I can be really long also, which I don't want to capture you here for too much time. And uh, so I think uh, one hour, 20 minutes is more or less what can be logical. And you give me hints when I am close to 10 minutes to the hand, okay? You just do the sign, like. Not because I cannot speak more, I would love to speak more, but I don't want to burn you. I just want to share with you ideas that for me are important. Uh, of course, there is a kind of symbiotic uh, between the, the mean of the presentation and the content of the presentation, that is something that talked about that instrumentality that uh, Valerio was mentioning before. So uh, it's always very important that you have access to the material that I'm showing you in this moment. So uh, the, uh, you access to the material in this way. Um, you go to Google, and in Google you put Antonino Saggio, that is my name, and this is my portrait, and basically you go and click on the main entry, the first entry. That brings you here. That is that my website is around 28 gigabytes of material in which you can find all kinds of things, uh, including the six or seven uh, workshops that I taught to, to, to Paulis and the four or five uh, keynotes that I've been doing in the last 10 years or so. Anyway, um, then I do another little game, that is I put an easy link every single time in which I do the lecture. 
the, 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 the hidden link, uh, it is something interesting because, of course, it is hidden. So only you right now know where it is. Actually, I hope the streaming is going on. Is it? Is it? So I say hello to everybody that is in streaming. Uh, so also them, in this case, they know where the link with the material is. Naturally, it's not here. It's too easy, I thought. It's too easy. And since uh, lately I was working with ALS pretty much, I, I, I put it here. So on top of my head, looking up like this, here's the link. If you click here, you arrive to the lecture. And so this is exactly the material that I'm going to present you. I like a, a small applause. <laughs> since I've been doing this since uh, probably 20 years or so, but uh, as far as I know, nobody really is using this technique. So that is not, has not been sharing. I don't know, I don't understand why, but uh, should be more shared. Because it's, we are part of something important that is called the information technology revolution. And one of it is it's surely that one about sharing, right? Anyway. We start rather calm, then we go up up, up, and then we go play, and then we go down. So that is the structure of the lecture emotionally and intellectually. So we're starting slow, okay? So the idea was, and I think I talked with Rector uh, Besnik at, uh, at the beginning, and probably with Professor Sotir as well, I said, my God, this is the centenary uh, uh, of Bauhaus. And we... I, I don't think we, we have done a book that starts from Bauhaus to the IT revolution. And we not don't only did that in Italian, that was already 12 years or so of work, but in, during a five-year pro, uh, process guided by, by Professor Damo with an equipe of, uh, of other uh, five or six uh, um, assistants, been translated into, into Albanese, in, in Albanian, and that has been a major effort and was done as a very important stone in the architectural culture in Albania. So we have this card that we, we, we had a Bauhaus in the title of the book. This is the centenary of, 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 uh, of the Bauhaus. Let's explain why that is so important. It's not happened by accident. There are profound reasons behind that. So that brings you to the structure of this uh, uh, lecture that is not uh, the typical lecture that I do, that I deal with certain ideas that influence very much my teaching and my urban project, in which I will tell you about the field, and then I show you the urban project, etc., like in Federicavo, Urban Green Line, that I've done here in the past but really is more similar to an important prolusione, we call it in Italian. So kind of an important beginning, theoretical beginning lesson of, of a course. So that is more similar to what it is. But we have many reasons to do that, for the reason that I said before, because we have this, this, this book, and particularly because that, this will put you in the framework that I'm interested in you to, to put it. And is the, the, uh, the name of, of the lecture is the key. So it is 1919 
2019 is a sanctionary from the house to a new paradigm of architecture. So that is, uh, is, is, is the title. I'd like to have a little bit, keep my audience in a kind of surprise circle. So I generally don't uh, explicit too much what will be the content, but a little bit in order that you are not completely lost or too much scared, uh, I, will, I, will, I will tell you that basically the, the lecture is divided in three parts. The first, the first part, we have to understand and to agree on this concept, that is the fundamental concept for us, and we still believe in that concept, that we call a paradigm shift. So that will be the first part of the, of the concept. The second will be the Bauhaus as the foundation of a revolutionary order. So the Bauhaus itself was the foundation of a revolutionary order. And the third part is that one closest to us tells is a search for a new paradigm in architecture. So this is the three part in which the, the, the book is divided. Uh, the, the lecture will be divided. So let's start with the concept of a paradigm shift, and let's try to, to put it very simply. Before going to that, we have to, to talk a little bit, just a little bit, not too much, about the historiography of the, of the, of the Bauhaus experience and of the Bauhaus uh, building that interwines. Uh, Nicholas Pesner, uh, in 1936, make this uh, uh, this book that uh, it kind of creates invented in reality. That is the most exact word. Invented a genealogy. It's more or less like Virgilio with Enea. The relationship between William Morris and Walter Globius, let me tell you, is pretty strange. Is a pretty strange relationship. One was arts and crafts. One was for keeping the, the, the crafts. The other was the invention of a way of architecture to, to, to be related to the industrial world. But he created this genealogy because was needed to accredit the new that was uh, Walter Cobb. So he created this genealogy. And this book, I Pionieri del Movimento Moderno, by Nicholas Pesner, was a, a crucial book for the Italian architects after, just after the war. So one of the few books. Actually, these books came to me among the 20 important books of architecture from my uncle. So uh, uh, I have the actual copy, I know it's relevant. Contemporary to that, Giulio uh, Carlo Argan, that is an exquisite, historian of art, and also um, mainly an historian of art, partially a critic of art, and partially historian of architecture, wrote this wonderful absolute masterpiece that has been considered from uh, um, Walter Gropius and La Bauhaus, that was published in the, in the early 50s, late 40s. This book was all dedicated to, to Walter Gropius that was seen as the hero of, uh, of this new world was the hero because it was an implicit uh, leftist uh, kind of, of feeling in, in this kind of, of, uh, of ideas, even although 
Gropp is actually was teaching in Harvard, the most capitalist school of the world. But anyway, uh, this book was also influential, was a fantastic book, and was considered a milestone. To tell you how the things have changed, I always said this, but I never proved. In a book that in one way is the closest, well, that I considered um, um, a book. When I went to a, to a publisher to speak about my book, a very good publisher said to me, Aha, you are writing, you are writing the anti-Franton. And I said, Aha, interesting way to put it. Of course, he did not publish because he was the publisher of the Franton. And there is no reason to publish the anti-Franton book. So anyway, um, I always had in mind that basically the Bauhaus uh, building was almost censored. I never really checked how much line is dedicated to the Bauhaus building since this lecture. I asked my wife, please, where is the Phantom book? And we found it. And then, okay, where? And then there are two lines. In the book of Frampton, there are two lines dedicated to the Bauhaus building, and here they are, where the, 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 uh, the pencil is. It is mentioned also in this part over here, but it's talking of the Bauhaus while talking of another thing. Like that you speak with a person that is not important and you mention while talking of a third person, you know? It's a very rhetoric technique, very interesting technique. But anyway, when he really speaks, it's those two lines. So, oh my God, I'm really an anti-phantom. Which doesn't mean that I don't admire phantom. It's just I'm different, very different. And there is historical relevance, this reason to be different. That is all my point. We are different not because we like or dislike. We are, uh, are different because we need to be different, which is a completely different concept. Now, let's arrive to the paradigm shift without which you don't understand this, this part. These gentlemen in the early 60s, uh, a philosophy, a philosopher epistemologist at the same time, so a person that thinks about the science, thinks about the inner mechanism of science, and use philosophy to do that. Uh, that is called Thomas Kuhn, develop a very straightforward concept where once you learn, it's there, and you get, you get it. What is the concept? The concept is the sign, uh, the sign has a different way to move, but there is one important movement in which science has to jump, has to create a different paradigm. Let's make things simple in order to understand that there is science works uh, based on certain uh, 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 analogy things that create a, a framework within which it develops. And the, 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 the century goes, or they, the decade goes, and people continue to work and also to expand those ideas. They can expand up to a certain limit. There is one limit in which those ideas uh, you cannot expand anymore. The new forces or the new discoveries are not 
are not able to be contained within that, uh, uh, that set of ideas. He calls the set of ideas paradigm, and, uh, uh, and the structure of the uh, scientific revolution really goes with the idea that there are moments in which there is a jump of paradigm. You change paradigm. Example, we were so happy when the major uh, scientific revolution happened, and we were so happy of the creation of the paradigm that was using uh, Cartesian math, uh, uh, illuministic uh, philosophy, and the Newton idea of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the forces, of the physics, of the universe. That system was so precise, uh, so efficient, they create the, let's call it, to make it simple, the classical paradigm, that seems to be fantastic and is not needed to do anything. It was fantastic. We could do a lot of things. Then, during the 19th century, appeared another thing that was not there. Appeared electricity. Appeared forces. Uh, electrical, uh, ma magnetical forces that were not included in the Newton paradigm. So for the whole 19th century, they've been tried and tried to expand and use that paradigm, but was not enough. So a jump of paradigm has to happen, and the jump of paradigm is Einstein's vision of the universe. It's all based on these new forces these new electrical forces, they were not there before, to make the things very simple. So a new paradigm happened. This is the central point of all our thinking. We are saying, okay, now let's use this idea, although it's a synthetic idea, it's an idea uh, that can be shared in its simplicity, let's use this idea in architecture. Does it exist something similar? Can we locate ourselves in something that has the similar structure? So can we think in architecture in terms of paradigm? And particularly in terms of paradigm shift? Yes, we can. And if we look with this particular angle, we understand that the Bauhaus as an overall experience, and particularly as Bauhaus as a building, is the, really the creation of a paradigm that was completely different from the previous paradigm. Well, so the operation of the Bauhaus was a dramatic destruction operation, because there is no such a thing without a complete change. So, Bauhaus as a building, as an architectural experience incorporated in that building particularly, uh, changed completely the previous paradigm. And the previous paradigm we may consider that is the Renaissance uh, paradigm, right? That has been basically based in the, in the early 15th uh, century, and has been used, expanded, and changed uh, uh, up, up to that point. 
even all 19th century, we can see as a struggle to, to try to understand how new things can be inserted in that paradigm. All right, if we do a palace, instead of doing in bricks, we do it the same palace in steel. So we insert one thing. Or instead, if it is a palace for uh, the king or the prince, we do something for middle class. So we're all trying to expand the set of ideas, but without really tackling a new paradigm. By the way, uh, this is a book of 500 pages, and these are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine and a half pages dedicated to the Baalai, and also to dedicate it specifically to the building, wonderfully translated in Albanian. But I, I, I still use Italian for obvious uh, uh, reasons. Well, after tempo, so un'ora denti davanti ancora, un'ora, un'ora, perfetto. So, okay? If I say so, if I say that the Bauhaus building is a completely shift, is a revolutionary new paradigm, I have to prove a little bit, at least, shortly, but I have to prove what I'm saying. So, what do we do? Let's look at architecture through six or eight categories, and let's see very briefly how each category is shifted dramatically in the Bauhaus from the previous paradigm that we call it the humanistic uh, paradigm or the Renascimento paradigm. So, these seven, six or seven categories concerning a program, construction, function, vision, etc. We'll see one after the other quite fast. Let's start with the program. The program of the previous architecture was in its own essence a celebrative program was a program that always has to celebrate the power, either the, uh, uh, the religious power mainly, or the king power, or the, 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 some type of, of, of relevant uh, 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 prince power. So in Italy there is the signorie. Anyway, so was always, the architecture was a celebrative business in, in its own essence. In, in the Bauhaus, as we know, the, the, the whole idea was to, uh, mm, to create a, a mix uh, 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 of function all rotating in the new force that was the force uh, that was related to the industrial, the industrial revolution. And what was the force? The force was, has to be productive has to be related to the idea of the production that was a key, key, key aspect of the Industrial Revolution. There is no a concept of Industrial Revolution without the concept of productive. So you must be productive and architecture become a productive element within this. So this is the word that I'm using. I'm telling this because this is the first time that I'm using my own chart. So productive. 
probably the most uh, uh, powerful world. We have many other uh, possibilities. We can say, for example, that uh, finally uh, architecture was dealing with ex existent minimum, was uh, dealing with everybody, the, 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 the housing was inserted as a team of architecture, uh, the, the, the industry was a part of architecture, so it became much larger. But if you really think deep, if you really think deep, and you have to create this analogy between celebrative, I think productive, so far, seems the most interesting one. Okay, construction. Construction is so easy, really easy game, because it's clear that all at the Renaissance, everything, at, at, at that time, everything was continuous. The idea of the fabric related to the Renaissance paradigm was based on continuity. Continuity is the key word. In fact, even breaking a, a window was a major issue. No? And all the continuity went from down to the foundation, up to the roof, with a series of continuous movement. And we said absolutely that uh, uh, the, 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 new, uh, the new system was based not on continuum, but on point, point, point structure. And you know that point, the fact of be, uh, being a Punctualized uh, system, completely opposite from the whole continuous system, was the key, you know, from, not, uh, from many others. The uh, Corbusier, of course, made uh, even the five points of architecture. What is the grandiosity of this building is that at that time, when it was finished in 1926, it was the only building in the entire world that had all the categories. Is the only one. Of course, there are other pieces of building here and there that were doing fantastic in some categories, but not the entire thing. For example, Le Corbusier, if you look at the pavilion of Le Corbusier, of the Spring Nouveau, from other, some aspect of vision or expression was very advanced, but of course, it no that program, it has not other things. Anyway, uh, I wanted to say one thing. Relating to Valerio, there is no understanding of the Bauhaus as a building without understanding the crisis. The Bauhaus as a building started from this dramatic crisis that was to be kicked out from the Weimar, that is the center of university culture in Germany, to this uh, potato field. Because they were kicked in the south, that means potato field. Uh, and how to use this huge crisis as a new start is a key element, that otherwise you don't understand the program and many other things. Are our friends from Bauhaus here? Yeah, they come. So we'll be very debatable about this potato field. Mm. Anyway, uh, how I speak to the students now. I speak with the students now. I started all my passion about Bauhaus when I was uh, probably around 20, 21, with this single drawing that I did with other colleagues. And I still this considered the best single drawing ever produced on the Bauhaus, at least from my point of view, of course. Because it's a synthetic drawing. This is from a slide, I lost it, etc. But this is a synthetic drawing that shows plan, action, section, simultaneously in that kind of 
dynamic composition that was interested in understanding the relationship. It is uh, rather funny to think that a passion can start uh, when you are very young and develop and develop after this is 40 years ago this has been done. Anyway, this is the most tricky one. Uh, not here, here's very easy, later. Each building has its own idea of city embedded in, if it, if it is a little house. Doesn't mean, mean, there is an idea, like a DNA. The building incorporates an idea of city, even if it is a building. So it's clear, it's clear that in the Palazzo, in the Palazzo Farnese, or any uh, typical building of the Renaissance, there is embodied an idea of the city that is clearly closed. It's an idea that, a city of that is closed by walls. So that idea, in some way, is incorporated back to the building. So, clearly, the, the city of the Industrial Revolution, it is open. It's exactly open. It's expand. It's expand in the, in the, in the, in, in, in it's infinity. It's expanding the land. It's conquered the world. And this idea of an open thing, it is incorporated in the building itself. That has this kind of... So, it's a, an, all is open. It, it is so open that it, it basically eats they, they doesn't care of the morphology. The morphology of the streets are secondary. In fact, it jumps into it. It does not, of course, do uh, that kind of thing. Now, let's talk about vision. The whole architecture of the Renaissance is simple. What figurative? What does it mean, an architecture that is figurative? It means that the single parts are recognizable. Or a window, or a tympano, or a door, a basement, a cornicione, a roof. You can say what are the different parts. Like a, a, a portrait that is recognizable, is figurative. Instead, as we know, the whole architecture of the house is abstract. There is no way to mean anything. Everything is an abstract composition, as a Mondrian painting. There is no more roof, balcone, cornicione, nothing like that. There is nothing you can name anymore. So that is clear. The vision from uh, uh, figurative became abstract. The method, oh, the method is so easy. The method of the Renaissance method was a method based on typology. That means that you have preformed a geometrical scheme in which you put the function. So you have already the scheme, and then you put the function in. Form was predefined. Pre, pre, uh, pre and there was very slow evolution. Just if you look at the churches, they took 120 years to change from uh, the three-nave system to uh, one basilica. They took uh, so long. And once they had the central, they did another 200 years with that. So very slow evolution. Why the system of the of the of the Bauhaus was atypological? He destroyed the typology. How, how he destroyed all other ideas. He destroyed figurative. He destroyed the idea of the city clothes. He destroyed the celebrity program. He destroyed everything, and he destroyed the typology completely. Expression. Uh, the expression of the, of, of the Renaissance was based 
on the console point that was always a synthetic expression. The synthesis was the key. Why, for the Bauhaus, they fragmented. It became a vision that was based on fragments, of a composition or a dynamical composition of fragments. Completely different. Completely different. Now, of course, I'm doing in 10 minutes something that particularly for the new students uh, will deserve a uh, few hours at least. So it's a kind of electrical shock, guys. I am afraid about this. But uh, uh, it is like that. You can read the book uh, if you are lucky guys. Anyway, um, all these elements are fine. I hear you, so please stop. I hear you. Uh, all these elements are fine, but it's like the um, lievito. Do you know how it's lievito in Albanese? Aha! Come si dice lievito in Albanese? Okay, there is always a secret ingredient. When you do something, it's not, unfortunately, it's not enough that you put all the elements online. There is always some magical ingredient that has the capability to put all of them together and to make the magic of it. If you have not that, the magic will not happen. So we call this we call this the catalyzatore, going from chemics or, or electricity. The catalyst. There is a catalyst thing. Now there is no doubt, my friend, that in Renaissance the catalyst element was perspective, was this invention that was was working as a catalyst because put together everything. Everything was related through this new vision. And this new vision was so strong, they destroyed completely the Gothic architecture. Gothic architecture was killed. In the moment in which perspective arrived, in this little group of people in, in, in Florence, there were ten, probably eight, that they discovered this new thing. And through that new thing, they really made the, 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 the new paradise in art, in architecture, in sculpture. And what's perspective? Now, what is the new paradigm that arrived in, in, in Bauhaus and that was so strong and was so, the key ingredient was transparency. There is no doubt. Transparency became the element, the vision, the understanding, the way through which you can look everything. You can look from program to structure from hygiene problems to, uh, to vision of the city. Everything can be re-understood through transparency. So transparency was the catalyst. Okay? Now, the search for a new paradigm in architecture, part three of the talk. I had been a person that was 
working in information technology since mid-80s. Later on, we talk of Marcos Novak, that is one of the most relevant figures in this uh, same field, and I will be so happy to be with him tomorrow. We are, we know each other well since many years. And uh, I've been working on this field since Carnegie Mellon, so we're talking about uh, mid-80s. And uh, from, from the beginning, I was trying to, to look at the field in a different way uh, uh, to the normal way that Carnegie Mellon was done. The normal way was that there would be some architects that went really in computer science and was using architecture as an example, but w working within the framework of a computer scientist, which is fine. But they become an hybrid. They were not really, uh, no more architects, not really, uh, no more teacher of architecture. Um, I belong to another uh, generation that is the generation arrived with the Macintosh, so already arrived with a graphic um, interface, in my case. And I start to look at things differently, and I start to question, I think that this world, the world of information technology, will change deeply architecture, will have an impact that we never imagined. I start to have these ideas in 1984, and for a series of reasons, in 1996, 12 years after, after I've been participating to many uh, conferences of computer-aided design, etc., have been taught to some uh, courses, including ATL Zurich, Carnegie Mellon, etc. For a series of reasons, I, I was able to bring this idea to a book series. The book series was born within a larger framework, that was the, the larger framework of my uh, uh, main inspiratore, uh, uh, that was Bruno Zevi. I had the, the possibility to, to have a, 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 an autonomous book series, but I did the smartest choice of my life when I decided not to have it independent, but to have it uh, belonging to, to its own uh, larger book series. Anyway, mm, you know how it was called the book series? The IT revolution in architecture. The, uh, la rivoluzione informatica. We use, in 90, end of 96, this word rivoluzione was clear to us that was a change of paradigm. That's why we use the word revolution. And uh, uh, so we were going with the idea that things have been so dramatically changed that we, our generation, had to face um, a revolution and so, uh, mainly we had to face the challenge to find a new paradigm for the information technology architecture. We thought that information technology 
had an impact that was similar to the Industrial Revolution. We thought we were just followers. Uh, was already clear in the 80s uh, through the work of several uh, writers, but I am particularly close to Alvin Pussler, that we, we can see uh, the, the evolution, uh, and we can see our phase as, as a third wave, and he meant as a third wave after the agricultural, industrial, and uh, uh, information technology revolution in which the key ingredient is not more land, is not the, the ownership of, uh, of the factory, but is information. And that is so clear when you start to do a check. Uh-huh, uh, mm, all right. So who is the richest? Clearly the richest before was Henry Ford or Carnegie Mellon, the owner of the, of the, of the, of the, of the fabric, of, of the factories. Who is the richest now? Up to a certain moment was at least the people that all, that was making the computers. Now, it seems the case, is only the people that organize information. There is no doubt. So, we can go on and on as a proof about this, that we were absolutely sure that we are talking about a third wave, uh, 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 um, an information uh, revolution into, into in, in, into, into the world, everything changed. They, they, they everything really changed in these last years. And if you think, if you do a, a, a very quick check, it is so scary. In 96, when we, we created this book series, internet did not exist. iPhone did not exist. Wikipedia did not exist. Supervisor uh, did not exist, iPad, etc., etc., etc. If you name, if you look just the jump uh, from '96 when we start doing this and naming this like that, than today, and you look at the difference in technology and then in many other aspects, it is incredible. But we had clear idea, and we made 38 books out of these uh, ideas. We always have to be very simple. Uh, we are not scared to be uh, simple. We have to be to do simple, particularly in a context of a, of a conference. Now let's look, please, for one second, the world of the of the of which Bauhaus was built in our world, and let's make some dialectic point. Okay, all right. The world of Bauhaus was everything based on object, objectivity, new subject eyes. Everything has to be ob objective. In our time, everything becomes subjective. Their time, the time of Bauhaus, was the 4T car that is fine of whatever color but black. Today is the is the is the is the is the, is the car in which you personalize the car up to the last uh, element. So objective to subjective is an important thing. Of course, I can lecture only of that. Um, new subjectivity, uh, new uh, uh, new objectivity, new subjectivity. It is clearly one one part of that. Datum information. This is very interesting also. Uh, 
because from the idea of a fixed element datum, you deal with information today, which is a different thing from datum, as we discover in one second. From the idea of the theory, you arrive to an idea of the model, and I mean by model, the, um, uh, the mathematical interpretation as a dynamic interrelationship of information that you can always uh, uh, manipulate. From nature, that is the idea that the architectural object sits on something, we go to the area of the landscape. Landscape, we know, is something completely different from nature. Sometimes we don't even need uh, nature to have a landscape. It's something that really interrelates with other architecture a completely different way. From zoning, quantity zoning, all the idea of the city based on modern movement at the time of, of Jobis was based on the idea of zoning. The city was working as a factory itself, divided in, into zones. And each zone has its own function and is optimized for that function, like a factory process. We live in a city of anti-zoning. Everything becomes mixed. We, we tend to live in a completely different uh, system in a cycle of 24 hours. From linearity, we, we, we go to leap. We are using of a, of a culture of leap that we, we can talk a lot. From an inductive method, we go to a deductive method. Gropius was designing uh, his, his uh, uh, architecture, analyzing function by function and inventing the way to, to create them uh, 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 optimized and then put them together in a kind of inductive way. We used to make hypotheses. We do a deductive process. We start to imagine something that may have sense and then test it. So from the whole to the, to the design. From plan to graph diagram, oh my God. All our, uh, many of our architecture is based on these diagrammatic forces. That means that Everything it is always negotiable, always changeable, up to a certain extent, while Robbins was living in a plan-organized way of thinking. Uh, open space, system space, that would be something in, in, important to go on, but I don't want to burn my audience. Abstraction to figure, transparency to interactivity. That is an important point that we'll talk more. Modularity. So as remixability is another very interesting concept that is not the only one that is not directly coming from me. And then from the industrial revolution to IT revolution. These topics have been discussed in this book that is called Introduction alla Revolution in Format in Architecture and in the English version, The IT Revolution in Architecture Thought on a Paradigm Shift that has been used in some courses here so the students are well aware of this material. Okay, let's uh, have one second of uh, relaxation. We arrive to the third part. What for tempo, Sean? 35, okay, faccio anche meno. Since I teach uh, the course that is called the, the IT, uh, uh, ITCAD, I call it, but anyway, it's a theory course that deals with this matter. At a certain moment, I ask the students, okay, we see the Bauhaus, 
we made all these couple of, of analogies. That, where are they? They're here, I think. Okay, program, construction, idea di città, etc. But there is only two elements. is the Renaissance and then there is the, the industrial. But we are in the information technology. So what is the, key, the third keyword? So, at Renaissance time, the city was closed. and the industrial time, the city was open. And now? Huh. Interesting. And now? Eh? Ah, you guys, you say so. Fine. You are perfectly fine. But your uh, your body that is uh, sitting to you at your left may dislike this word. The problem is that all my idea was that since we are building the new paradigm, we have to find the word. We have to challenge on the word. Each individual engage with the word. And put his own word in a way as a kind of program of his actions. So what is what was your word? Intelligence. Okay, fine. If you say intelligence, that means that you are biased to do actions relating to that idea. So you decide where to go, what to study, what to do. If you think that the, 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 it goes there. You will invest on this intuition. How I invested in 1966 on the idea that was called the IT revolution in architecture. Okay? That was not uh, uh, clear at all at that moment. So, we call in our jargon the chart. This is, as non penso del vostro tempo lo facevamo. Uh, because also uh, uh, Professor Lois Rossi and Laura Pedata are, mm, I don't know if this can, can be said or not, can be said. In the, in the, in the times of 2002, uh, many years ago, more than, I don't know, how many years ago, uh, they were also material. Quanti anni fa? Quanti anni fa? Non so come ci sarà una maniera. Comunque, so are very young and very effective from any point of view. But was a lot of years ago. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, well, anyway, there is no way to escape to this. Okay. Allora, uh, so, each student was asked to do a chart. Actually, it was much more sophisticated. I said in a certain moment, you can do your chart. But then I never asked, so it was not a formal requirement. It was something that some students will think that was a good idea, and were 5-10%, no more, 15%, and others forget it. But there are many charts that have been done anyway. What are these charts? Are interpretation uh, of each student of the third keyword. So, uh, uh, I, I, I picked this one, uh, she's now a designer of Zadid, since many years, and for, for example, the idea di città, lei aveva messo, chiusa, aperta, interconnesso, 
interconnesso, interesting, no? And that was done more or less 10 years ago. Uh, well, that is what how, how she, said, uh, she, she saw it. This is a, a recent one uh, instead. And let's see, the idea of city, what she put, she put globale, that I don't think is very effective, but anyway. Uh, probably intelligence is pretty interesting, but we'll, we'll discuss about that. So the whole idea was that. Um, so I never had the, um, the opportunity to tell, okay, professor, but what are your ideas? But my ideas in this game are... We are in a kind of democracy here. Wins who is more beautiful. Wins who is more effective. Win who has the key that opens more doors. It's the same thing that when you design in a team around a table, there is one idea that uh, the people around the, the table seems, ah, uh, if the group is okay, everybody goes jump and go to that one, because it has its own strength. There is no such a thing of correct or incorrect. It's only useful or not useful. Or if you want to say in more general terms, beauty or not beauty. Or something that is more beautiful and something that is less beautiful. So, there is no such a thing of right or wrong. So anyway, these are the three, three images just to help you to clarify what we thought. Palazzo Farnese, uh, Bauhaus and Blur. Please consider that we are talking of the uh, uh, Rivoluzione Informatica. The book stopped around 2010. We may discuss if the paradigm even involved or changed pretty much from, from, from those last 10 years. New things are arrived. Are creating a new paradigm or not? This is something that we have to think about. But that's another thing. So program. Let's, let's try to see what is a, a word that seems interesting to, to understand the program in, in, the, uh, in, in, the informa in, in the new paradigm related to the information uh, of architecture. So, I say, oh, this is very difficult. You must do something that seems to be rather good. And there is also an inner parallelism between the three words, that they, they must be come to the same family, no? You cannot say something has a different structure. So anyway, I was thinking, oh, what is, would be the most effective way to say something about the program? Well, was celebrative, the Renaissance, was productive, the Bauhaus, and probably, if you really think deep, is narrative is the aspect of narrativity that is most frightening aspect of the program of the information technology revolution. They must be able to tell stories. <laughs> you must be able to tell what is embodied in that program that create energy, create effort, create positivity. Try to imagine police. 
as a, as a program. How I can create a narrative out of Polish? I did it several times, because here and there I'm writing about Polish. And I was trying to express Polish, not because there is the lab, not because there is the mensa, not because, but because there is a narrative of the interaction between forces. That was the strong narrative. And that is part, becomes program. And if you start to think in this way, uh, you understand that one of the key aspects of the, of the, of the program in terms of in the, uh, on, in the information technology revolution is exactly that. And it's very simple. At that time, everything becomes so simple. Because information technology is also about sharing of information. It's also be present through a diffusion of ideas. You tackle and you convince the people through a strong narrative. So I was thinking, okay, there are many buildings that do this, but probably none better than this. This is Zadid fabric that where she put, of course she, she mixed. She means uh, 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 the work, the, the, the selling of the car, the all administrative uh, things related to the car, and uh, the, the, the administrative work, the advertising work, everything. And then yes, she's incredible idea that has the production line that goes through the space. So you are in the Mensa and you see the the, the BMW going from from one part to the other with the robot working on that. So imagine what incredible narrative this creates. How the production change, how everything gets involved by this idea in which architecture becomes an important weapon of this new narrative, this, you know, this, this new story. So I think, well, I'm not sure of anything. Uh, but um, it seems the narrative is a very interesting word to think about. But we can have others, of course. Construction, oh my God, is a big, is a, is a tough thing, construction. Particularly because in this last 10 years, it changed very much and will change even more. Probably with the 3D system, we will arrive to a dramatic change in, in construction. But up to the moment in which we are uh, uh, we are dealing, and if we if we think continuous, and then we think punctiform, then the other thing is this mesh theory. We tend to basically during the information uh, technology revolution for a large part, mesh was the way to do it. Although there are different ways to, to see it, and there is a lot of complexity, and I want to tell you, I, I cannot put a book in one single one, but the Wiggy Digital Gary uh, with Bruce Lindsay, that is a close friend also, be, besides being the dean of Washington University, we made this book, uh, he, he wrote this book, uh, working in, with Gary, uh, a lot of things, and of course there is nothing mesh, but there is more. Idea di città, idea of city, oh my God, is so difficult. Because one thing is what you'd like to be, and another thing what it is in reality. 
I can dream of an idea of city, but what is in reality? And uh, so, was clear that was closed uh, the idea of the Renaissance. No doubts about it. It is clear that was open the industrial the industrial revolution. But how the hell is the contemporary city in its reality? Or what is the key element? And at certain moment, I was working with. I mean, what I was doing, I asked, okay, Google God, tell me what are the new cities. So what I did, I said, Google, look, look me, bring me a selection of new cities. Tell me, Google God, how it is the new city. So I saw, and I started to look at them. And I noticed this strange, very interesting thing. That all of them have wedges. They are penetrated by wedges in which there are new things happening in existing city. And there are wedges. They are in between. They are part, they generally through infrastructure, uh, they create new system within existing. So this is the reality. We can think about implosions, magnets, this and that, but in the reality, what happens is this. And then if you see this process from uh, uh, High Line to New York, to, uh, to Madrid, to London, you always see this, uh, to Seoul, that was one of the first. You see these wedges penetrating into the city and changing the system, and generally speaking, these wedges are multifunctionally, ideally, green, ideally, multitasking possibility, and we'll create that. So, I think, all right, maybe wages is a nice way, or we can call it in between, but wages probably is more powerful, you know, the idea of wage, no? Then I was very excited, right, Ledian? Now you understand. I said, mm, okay, if the theory is true, we have to, to look out for proof about that, right? So, I found this. That was just completed in Tirana. That is the castle, okay? And the castle system is exactly belonging to this. It is basically a wedge, a new wedge that creates new relationship. I will do it in another way. I will create more functionality. I will create more green, etc. But it is basically a wedge. So it basically belongs, from my point of view, to this, oh, 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 to these uh, um, things. Okay. Uh, we are, quanto show? All right. We are in good shape. We are very, in very good shape. Okay. Vision. Well, if one was figurative, the other was abstract, we work in a, in a vision that we may call metaphoric. So, it's a little bit figurative, a little bit abstract, and we want to generally to refer to something else. Now, look at this, uh, this media text by, by Toyo Ito, but we can see, look, a lot of examples of this. So, from one side, uh, of course, it belongs to the kind of general uh, understanding towards abstraction, but on the other side, it is surely in some way a little figurative. In what way? Because it's metaphoric. The whole game here is to 
try to push you in thinking of something slightly different else. Like a, med- a mediatek, it is an aquarium. And like the, the pilasters are like algae that are o- ondulating within, within the thing. And they, like us, are like little fishes that flow in the information. That is like a, like, is there, is likely there, is metaphoric. And many of contemporary architecture do that game. So it's not, it's not figurative, it's not uh, abstract. Uh, it tends to be metaphoric often. The middle, uh, the middle is an easy one, very easy one. Uh, typology of, uh, at the Renaissance, art typology in the, in the style, in the style, in, in the Italian time, now we have the model. And the model does not mean San Pietro Mortorio. That is the perfect example to copy. Model seems the, the system of equation that put together a reality that we interpret through math and can be manipulated. Can be manipulated. So the key words that everybody does though today, beam, this magic thing that people are starting to understand now why we were calling it through through uh, to to check this uh, uh, to check this from the 3D database. We know that we were calling the 3D database about it. Now everybody is called the BIM fine. But please at least understand what does BIM mean. Building fine. E goes for information, and is the information the key? And information belongs to the IT revolution, in, uh, in, in uh, IT means information, technology revolution. Information becomes the key. Information is the key. Modeling does not mean that BIM needs to do the model to render. BIM means modeling that we are working in a complex set of information that are continuously changing and then we can use that database, that was the original way to call it, as a source of many different uh, input and output. And that input and output is com- con- constantly changeable and can incorporate many things and can follow the whole life of the building, all things that you know, because of course, architects today must know technically how to un- work on, on being. And, uh, and the key word, so is model. And uh, I am a personal strong admirer of Ben Bamberta, very strong uh, admirer. And um, I consider his uh, Mercedes, uh, oh, oh, hello. I consider, I will tell you a story, just to relax and I have time, okay? I'll talk about Bamberta in a while. That thing pop up. I discover with 100% security that we are heard by, by our uh, system, by our, you know what is the proof? Very simple. We used to buy stra- sometimes strange things like Indian bracelets and the day after appear to Facebook. We are used to that. Uh, then we were used to other things like that. The other night I was thinking, I was thinking about my life of the great virtue of the 
l'uova alla cocca, non so come si dice in inglese, to the, to the eggs just, uh, just cooked, no? I was making a, a big thing about the fantastic uh, virtual therapy about, about uova alla cocca, and I was saying, I, I'm eating two per day, and Donatella said, but you're a little crazy, you know what happened with all this egg? No, no, I said, no, ova alla cocca, fantastic, they told all my life. Okay, the day after, in her Facebook, uh, arrived the advertisement to Wawa Lacoc. <laughs> we did not correspond. We just stopped. We have always this iPad uh, there in the kitchen, apparently silent, but clearly not silent. For sure, this is the proof of life. So we are always here. But in Albania, you know how to handle things decades about that. So, so does not scare you. Actually, we should learn about, about how to, how to handle, you know, do kids, tell other stories. Anyway, okay. Um, ben Van Berkel is really a, a superior architect from my point of view because he's one of the generation of the IT revolution architects, so of the new generation, the generation in some way that grew up together with my Booksy and all these things that was able to recreate building of outstanding relevancy, big building, important buildings in which the new instruments are integral part of it. That you cannot conceive how this building has been done throughout, if not throughout, a deep understanding of the potentiality of, of the information technology, in particularly model in terms of beam and in particular diagrams, which are the two major things. We made a, 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 a book about, about, uh, about him in, in the PhD program, and of course there is a book in the book series, etc. Expression is also easy. Uh, we, we are from a synthetic type of expression, is that one of the Renaissance, to a fragmented, to one that is digitized. We have no doubt about that. The Weltanschauung, the Weltanschauung of our time tend to be digitized. So that is the Weltanschauung, and then in some cases this digitized is just uh, uh, image. In some cases instead that become real thing that you act. So this hexagonal thing that here is mainly image, in other are really things that are, you are activating, right? So it depends. And then the catalyst. The catalyst is easy also, and it is um, it's the only building that is close to us because I wanted not to use blur, I wanted to use another building. And uh, so we always thought that uh, interactivity is the key ingredient, uh, is the catalyst of the information technology revolution. Why? Ha! Because it goes through all, all, all categories that we talked about. Model, for example. How can you think a model, a beam, without the concept of interactivity? There is an interactivity that goes in the process that you, that you, uh, that you design. You design in an interactive way for many reasons. But that characteristic of the model to be con constantly changed, removed from the model to architecture itself. It's kind of architecture incorporates certain characteristics of our, of our computer model. So, 
is not only interactive the model that we're using, become interactive also the architecture that we're doing. So there is a whole group of research going that, that direction, and I still think that interactivity, it is an important part. And um, so this, uh, this uh, building an Aston Yard, uh, again by the University in this case plus Renfro, uh, it is um, an inter interesting example, first of all because it's reconfigurable, right? So, it's this incredible museum, museum art place, uh, or public space, whatever, that has been done with this idea to work as a huge uh, reconfigurable space. So, this part, okay, so this part moves along this uh, rail and can have different configurations. And, and the open space in front it is an important part, becomes also important. So some art manifestation can go when it's closed, something where it's not, uh, it's not closed. Now, that was not enough. I was not completely happy about that. I said, okay, you guys wait a few months and you will see, I, I said to my family, you will see that somebody in the, in the, in the city will make an open competition to understand what to do with the ESTI. All the material on, 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 that is covering it is ESTI, as you ESTI in, in English, right? ESTI. ESTI, no? Si dice ESTI. Lefty. Come si dice in inglese? Pensavo ESTI. That plastic material uh, that uh, the, the Munchen Stadium by, uh, by Erdogan and Demeron was made by. I think it is happening in English. Anyway, uh, how, how that material that is uh, uh, ideal to, to, to have uh, a projection, actually they are not projection, you can put through it uh, lead, and the lead will, will create whatever image you want, so they are not actually through projection. How that thing, that scheme, will become an interactive real scheme and participate to the, to the life of the city in unpredictable, incredible way. So I said, okay, they will do it in two or three, two years, uh, one month, we don't know, but we do it immediately. So we did it in the course, and we had five or six different entries this year that I picked just one, not because it's the, it's the brightest, but because but the drawing is more beautiful, uh, to tell you what we can do with this scheme, and the scheme becomes something different, because interactive as a real scheme of our body, can happen so many things uh, through it. So, uh, this is uh, the, 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 this fantastic enterprise that I'm still uh, very, very happy that Paul is, uh, has done. Here is my friend, uh, the book. The book is called From Bauhaus to IT Revolution. All of you, I'm sure, know why Bauhaus played such an important role. So you understand that we as a designer, we as architects, here as a professor of, of, of design, can use history as an inspiration, as a guidance, and history is not necessarily seen through the framework of historians, which is fine. It's absolutely fine, uh, but it's a slightly different uh, job. We want to be engaged, that you engaged with processes, and you are also must be engaged in process of change. Because if you understand 
the direction of change, you have a better idea how to operate successfully, and this is very important for the young. I will sign the book for those that care, and thank you very much. F. Si scrive FT, proprio FT. Se lei mette FT in Wikipedia ha tutto il mondo. FT si chiama in italiano. Io pensavo lo dicessero ITI, ma no, no, è sicuramente sbagliato. È una plastica. È una plastica che ha delle virtù termiche di forza, di adattabilità incredibile sì anche sostenibile nel riciclo eh, diciamo è arrivata a grande discussione e grande notorietà quando lo stadio della, della squadra di calcio di Monaco è stato realizzato in questo materiale e quindi diciamo la pelle dello stadio è una pelle interattiva eh, in cui cambiano i colori cambiano gli avvenimenti può succedere qualunque cosa perché diventa sostanzialmente come uno schermo televisivo per intenderci perché si proietta in mezzo con i led I'd like to, to, to have three or four.
Okay. What is your name? Nandi. Hi. More? That this will be the only chance that you have to have uh, to make me a question. Then I'm tired enough, I will answer to these two and that's it. So think well. I'm lucky guy, no, unfortunately. There is our our co co curator. Um, thank you, thank you for lecture. Very uh, all promising and informative. Um, can we uh, maybe that's the wrong impression that I have, but we very often say that uh, this happened in science, this happened in technology, a new paradigm emerged. Are there instances in architecture that anticipate this informatic revolution before the informatic revolution? Because there, I mean, there's something that I was saying around tables more. I mean, for example, uh, Leonardo Benevolo, for example, it says that. Um, the Baroque forms anticipated the highways, right? And he even said that too, right? He, he superimposed the highway on Versailles, right? Even before there were cars, right? So there seems to be the kind of unconscious thing operating in history, right? And one wonders whether we can find instances, retroactively, I think, um, in history before 68 or before 93. Before, you know, certain dates that we now recognize as key points in history. Another one? Your only chance. Anybody else? Your only chance. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, if I were you, then, I would create my own ten categories. Why do you have to rely on mine? <laughs> no, 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 let, let me, let me. So, the whole idea here is that you are the agent of your own destiny. And you are, so this is um, even more a methodological thing than a natural thing. In a way, it's both. So I think the methodological thing is very uh, interesting, I, 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 I hope can be inspiring. So, I know that you deal with a set of issues that are different. Uh, you you uh, present yourself to me not as an architect, correct? 
so dealing of the, with the world with a different frame than ours. So it is clear, evident, that some of these categories will be almost uh, the categories, not the content of the categories. The categories are completely not meaningful and others are crucial. So it is clear that from another approach, the issue of interface is a gigantic issue. It's a gigantic issue. And how you, you touch the world, or you are out from the world, how you activate the world is a gigantic issue when you deal with, with a frame that, that is put in somewhere else. The, the, the problem is also always a problem of autonomy. Probably even these eight categories, I think there are eight, there are too many. So the whole thing of a, of a method, of an issue, is, a, is an economy. There is an economy of effort. You must have a certain number of categories, because if they are infinite, they are useless. If they are too small, they are useless the same, so must be the right size. So um, I understand, for example, this, and uh, we can start to think about the, the issue of, for example, interface, but many other issues. Uh, uh, we deal, uh, I, I follow, of course, uh, um, Valerio thesis in which game is, a, is an instrument of great importance that can go through design, through city planning, to object design, right? Can go through the way, and then I know that in many cases you can collaborate. Uh, on this. So, mm, I understand that can be important, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's my, my, my point of view. Uh, Landy, uh, there is one aspect that you have to consider. I'm talking of this book, uh, that has been finished in 2010, has been published in 2010. So, basically, at that moment, in that time, uh, we had a certain set of ideas. For example, the idea of the interrelationship between sustainability and information technology that became bigger and bigger and bigger in these last 10 years were not so important at that particular moment. And uh, other ideas as well. For example, the, the idea of how the whole environment, particularly the, 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 the city, can become a reactive, intelligent environment was not mature. Another thing. Now the question for me is, do I have to change paradigm, or I can bring these ideas in an extension of the book? Will it be enough to extend the book, or I have to create from brand new a new book, because the new ideas are so important, then this bio, let's call it like that, this bio environment becomes so important. Marcos was saying, it's time that we do a new, a new book series, right? And I said, I'm old, I own, I own this, this is your time to do it. But anyway, so uh, your keywords that are, of course, very important. And also this idea of interactive responsibility Business is a very interesting because uh, at that time we were in, in already pretty excited to have understood how important was uh, interactivity, and only more close to our time we understood how many other aspects, uh, how that idea can be combined with other, etc. So, work on it, my dear. It's a new good field. Work on it. Now, can there? 
is a very interesting question. Very interesting question. And the question in reality is this. Are we that are obeying to the technological shift or is we that are creating the type of architecture, the type of shift that we want. So we, in some way, we anticipate the world that we want. Marcos, when he was working with the invisible space, was reacting to the information technology revolution, or he was creating the type of space in which he wanted to inhabit. You understand? is a very important change. While I was creating the information technology book revolution, I was creating the environment in, within which the new world has to be, or I was just uh, uh, reacting with something was there. I was creating brand new. I need some type of justification, of course. We all need some type of justification. When Steve Jobs created the personal computer, he was using the available technology or he was creating a new world in a way adhering to his vision. So as the people with their ideas, with their culture, they are framing that world. Or we are just obeying to the technology change. I strongly believe that we are creating it. But since we are modest, we never say, except if a co-curator asks. Thank you. Yes, but I will not answer. <laughs> no, 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 okay, go. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. If it is too difficult, I will not answer. It's more like an opportunity for
there, there were these figures. So there was Denise Landerola, there was uh, Francois Price, there was Pelletier, there was Alfa Alto. There were a few figures like that. Yeah. Um, all of them did something new with the knowledge of the previous stage. So they all actually knew the previous architecture, they knew the previous city, they knew Farnese, they knew, they, they knew all the things that they knew. Several generations later, after that had succeeded and had become part of schools like the Bauhaus, the new people that learned the new method did not have the previous knowledge. So they were, they were like a little boat in the sea, and they had forgotten the beach. They didn't know where they came from. I'm suggesting or asking, what happens each time, including this one and whatever next time? What happens when, okay, there's some people, you're one of them, maybe I'm one of them, maybe our friends are among them, who saw this revolution and did something to do it. And so we did it with the knowledge of the previous. Absolutely. But the current doesn't necessarily know what we know. And so they, they, they would be doing something else with a guess, which is good, making the world, all of that, but also with the cause and costs and consequences of not knowing. Hmm. So, and then the third part of the question is that all of this happens in architecture, but in point of fact, it happens where we don't talk about it in architecture. It actually was prefigured by uh, neoliberal capitalist economics. It was, it was prefigured by a social, economic, political, eventually global world system that created a world war, and then another world war, and then a, a set of conditions in which architects like to think we have agency, but we may not have agency. And then the mm. thought is, to all your, the words that you had, including interactivity, I would add immersion, presence, and agency. Like what happens when we're in all of this matrix, the, the real world, the natural world, the digital world, the IT world. What happens when you put all of that together? I think, it's a long comment, sorry. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that basically, uh, that's what your presentation unfolded for us. You know, I think you, I think you did it already in your, in your set. And the, 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 the great meal that you put in front of us. And maybe you can give it another spin. Okay, I will uh, I will answer tomorrow after the speech of Marcos Novak. <laughs> International Sensitive Conference, so it's deep and very cocktail outside and welcome again. And thank you for today. Thank you
Sto leggendo, ce lo consiglio caldamente, ho scritto di Maestro e lui si è accorto che c'era rivoluzione. Come lui è molto bravo, non si può negare, però nel nostro piccolo abbiamo continuato a lavorare a quasi 30 anni fa, comunque è bravo. Capace di cogliere questo. Cogliere poi ha informato, ha fatto un bel, fatto un bel lavoro. Eh. Però il carattere ha cambiato, è vero che cambia ragione il ragazzo quando dice il Dio, il sostenibile, è questo adesso. Anche per i non architetti andava benissimo. Bene, mi fa piacere, lo prendo come un complimento. Lo prendo come un complimento, lo prendo perché lo prendo come un complimento. Difficile però per chi non ha un background di storia della storia. È un po', è un po', è un po', un po' di ragazzi me lo so, me li so persi. Bello, molto bello però, mi sono divertita. Grazie. Un momento soltanto che devo fare un'operazione importante. Voi che sei con